This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello, how are you and welcome to this bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. To celebrate the diverse range of people and culture within the borough of Kensington, Chelsea, they have their 5th Kensington, Chelsea Art Trail, which runs until the 31st of August, where you will find free public art all around the borough, some in absolutely iconic locations. And if you think that could be too much walking, then don't despair. They've only gone and got an art bus, which takes you to every artwork along the trail. It don't get much better than that, right? Well, we're lucky enough to have one of their featured artists with us here today. And that is filmmaker and multimedia artist, Maya Sandar. Now, I'm not going to give too much away about Maya's work. But I will just say it's an absolutely heartwarming piece that brings the community together to tell their story, no matter what their age, their race, religion, etc. And its fundamental aim was to create an artwork that makes you happy. And it's definitely done that for all involved. So without further ado, please come and join me as I spoke over Zoom to Maya Sandal. collaborative. I do a lot of work by myself. I do a lot of sculpture and painting and uh, and I love those moments. I really treasure those moments because that's where you go in the flow of your own self. Yeah, You're yeah. just not really in control. You're just letting things to flow through you somehow. Um, and I well, love that process because you end up with something really, I would, you know, you have an approximate idea, but I always like to keep things open. I remember once I, 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 I had a big lesson when I was uh, a few years ago, I was painting in the garden. I was doing like, it was a nice sunny day like today. And I was painting in the garden. I had a big canvas. I was so proud of it. I was just, it's going really well. And I was 
painting this woman by the window and then my um, four-year-old child comes by and says, um, can I, can I, can I paint with you, mummy? <laughs> and I have this thought of, oh no, don't, don't mess up my painting. And then the other thought is, you know, I don't want to break your creativity, yeah. your creative soul. Of course you can paint on my painting because I can always adjust it after. That's the great thing about yeah. all, isn't it? And, and, and acrylic. So he did this, this animal, this pet next to the woman, which just doesn't look, looks like a little, and my other son comes along and says, well, can I paint on it as well? <laughs> <laughs> and then he paints the dog on top of the cat. And then the other one grabs a big black thing and it's actually now really affecting, you know, the whole composition and yeah. draws a massive circle all around her and says, Mom, she's, she's, she's going up in an elevator now. She says, this is a lift to take her up <laughs> into heaven. And actually, do you know what? I, I, it's, I, it's much more, I didn't, I didn't erase anything that they put. I, I find it a really interesting painting that I've got in my room. And it's got a painted woman by the, by the window, nicely painted. But next to it, you've got these two kind of floating pets around her. You've got this big thing around her. But I painted the black into white. That's the one thing I did to create the contrast. And it's a, it's a really interesting painting. So I think that really was a lesson for me to let go of, um, your attachment of what you're making. So you have to have a vision and you have to have uh, this urge to make something that is close to um, to a plan that you have as an artist. Yeah. But then you have to be really open to what comes along. Your film world or the film part of your life, how did that come into, into your life? Um, the film side of things, I um, wanted to make a film about 15 years ago, I decided, that I wanted to make something about Palestine because I'm half Palestinian, half Lebanese. That oh, was the set. Excellent. Yeah, thanks. Um, that was different to what's on the evening news because I felt like the Palestinians were not being portrayed in, in, in a fair light at the time. And uh, I thought, oh, wh what can I do that's not just bashing people's head about rights and the wrongs? I'm just going to show normal life. So what can I show? And I found out there was a Palestinian football team trying to qualify for the World Cup. I'm like, oh, I'm going to film them trying to qualify and the process of it and so I thought I'll take a, a year off work and go and make this film and filmmaking and art was something that I thought you couldn't really make a proper living out of I just thought it'd just be fun <laughs> <laughs> while I was working I took evening courses and weekend courses and filmmaking you know how to use a camera how to do stuff oh and I went I contacted the football team went out there took a week off work and went and filmed the, the football team who were training in Egypt got some footage back and showed it to some people at the BBC who really liked the footage and decided they were going to make a whole series actually called Frontline Football, which is all about um, football teams and places of conflict. You said, um, sorry to put in there, you said yeah. you showed it to someone from the BBC. Yeah. For most people, that isn't a thing you can easily do. Was it a friend or was you working in that area? I was working in that area because I was, I used to work in advertising okay. and I, I also had pitched things to them before that had, they'd said no to. But I just keep coming back because I just feel like I just don't take things Excellent. personally. Excellent. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you didn't I see that, that this is actually a great idea. So I'll come back again. And just, There's least... your loss. Yeah, exactly. And I think they just see your name. So after a while, they just keep seeing that same name emailing you. As long as you're polite and you're still on the radar, after a while. And also, I, I went to a few conference, a few of those kind of gatherings. So I'll go to film festivals or I'll just go and see and talk to people after panels. So after a panel discussion, I'll go up to someone from, it was BBC, there was Channel 4, there was also 
Sheffield Film Festival, there's all these film festivals that you can go to. Brilliant. And then you meet people and then you exchange card, get their contact, and then you'll say, I've got this great project, you know, I'd love to. So that's how I kind of got into that because I knew no one in that world actually Excellent. at all. Great, great film process. And so I went to film the team and got exclusivity actually to film with them because I thought it would be nice because if I show it to other people, they're going to want to film it and it's such a good idea. And it's all about building trust as well. And um, Lucy said, yes, great idea. We'll go film it. I said, no, you can't do that without me. I've <laughs> got to be on location and I've got to be the person making it happen. And um, and I learned a lot with them. So I was with them for about a year. So I got my BBC press pass, went out to Gaza and the West Bank and filmed. And I learned a lot from the, you know, the DP that was there and also director. And so I was more like a scout and associate producer. And I was like location and relationship with the people. And I just learned a lot on that. And then I went off and did my own feature film on the back of that uh, about the football team because I got some great footage and continued with them um, separately and ended up doing that for Sundance Channel in the US. And, and so that film, for example, was kind of a big turning point for me because I used that team as a metaphor. And I realized a lot of my work is around a metaphor, using metaphors. So, yeah. That film, for example, the football team is a metaphor for Palestine trying to exist, but can't quite exist, you know, in the football world where you can be called Palestine, but in 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 the UN, it's authority. You're not actually a nation yet. So it's no, about nationhood no. and identity. And in the team, you had guys from West Bank and Gaza who could have physically trained together because the guys in the West Bank have to go through Jordan. The guys from Gaza have to go through Egypt. And it was waiting for Godot when we were waiting in Egypt for the, for the Gaza guys who were stuck at the border that couldn't come for weeks on end. And then when they physically did come together because the borders were shut and Israel wouldn't let them through and then Egypt then was another problem. Uh, then their, their, their styles of, of playing were different. So it's about how do you come together when you can't physically be together. But then there was guys from, from Chile who were trying to be Palestinian who couldn't get into the Chilean national team but are in the Palestinian <laughs> national team. And they're like the cool Spanish speaking guys who had grandparents who are Palestinian. And then there was a guy from New York who was also with grandparents from Palestine. And it was really interesting for me, identity wise of who we are. And the guy, the coach was an Austrian who was symbolizing for me, Europe trying to make the Middle East work, but not understanding why is this not working yeah. and saying, but my dad is from Haifa originally, which he was born in Haifa, which is now part of Israel. But we, when we went back to, when he was uh, 10 years old, it was 1948, and they went to Lebanon thinking, oh, that there was the Yagavan and the uh, Jewish militia. Then we ended up going thinking there would be time to come back. My grandmother left all of her jewelry and we left with the keys to the house thinking we're just going for two weeks. And then when we got to Lebanon, they said, now you're, now you're refugees, you're not allowed to come back home. And it's this strange disowning of not being able to go back to your home where you've left everything. Uh, you still have the keys to it, and but the, because no one was actually in the house when they made it Israeli state, now that now they've taken over and it's confiscated, and they've put another family in, so they gave it to a Jewish family, and it's just given to someone else. And this, I think, so I think that's inhabited my themes throughout my work, whether it's through my films and then through my artwork. Um, I really explore this idea of identity, borders, boundaries, whether they're physical borders and boundaries or emotional ones as well. Um, and I think, you know, that came down a lot through lockdown. That was really interesting of how you, you have to change your life. I think people could feel this idea of how can life can change all of a sudden from, from nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, some people did get stranded and, you know, people can factually go back to where they, 
you know, have their homes. But I think that's why this, the refugee theme has been, a, you know, an ongoing thing throughout the last 20 years of my work. Uh, I made a film last year, a very a short animation called Footsteps on the Wind, which is about refugees. And it's um, a short seven minute film that uses a Sting song. Sting wrote a song called Inshallah, uh, which means in Arabic, tomorrow, if God permits. And that's how we live our lives. It's we live today and hoping on tomorrow will be okay. And he donated that song um, to our project. And, um, and it's an animation that uh, we did through workshops with refugees to make sure that we got it quite right. Because even though I'm, I'm originally a refugee, I'm actually very privileged. I have a British passport, I have a French passport. You know, I've been able to, I have this guilt when I go to Calais, I, you know, when I go and I take things to refugees regularly with Anjali, who's one of the writers on our film. And um, she works really with them all the time. And we took some things out. And I just have this guilt that I can get on a, I can get on a boat and sail back and they accept me back in this country yeah, but people yeah. then have to risk their lives so yeah well, i diverge i'm diverging again <laughs> into another theme collaborations and stories are a big thing in your work and your life which brings us on perfectly to the artwork that you've produced for kensington and chelsea's art week yeah i'm thrilled to be on the art trail it's called quilt patch uh, for a few reasons because we're quilting stories and we're quilting fabrics. And uh, it's an installation of recycled materials that celebrates human expressions of happiness. Um, and patch is, again, another symbolic word because it's the patch of where you live. You know, it's our patch, yeah, it's yeah. on the estate, it's on uh, King off King's Road. It's the world's understate that's linked to the Chelsea Theatre. And it's been a collaboration with the Chelsea Theatre because they're giving me their architecture. Uh, we are covering the building and we are also spreading all the way through the piazza, all the way to the church on the other side. And, and it's been in a creative collaboration with the, with the residents of the estate of all ages. I really wanted to do something with recycled materials. It really came to me during lockdown. Uh, I uh, Two years ago, I was thinking, oh, everyone's starting to spring clean. We have to spring clean what's in our cupboards because we're stuck at home. And we've got these skeletons in our cupboards <laughs> that we can't get away from anymore yeah. because they're just, every time you open it, they're there. And it's, you, you try to push them everything. back, but they yeah. work their way out. And when you're, when you're busy, busy, you don't deal with things. And suddenly no. you know, it's like, actually, it's a good way to spring clean. And there must be lots of people... And I thought, oh, it's quite symbolic to get materials out of your closets and kind of wave them about, um, wave your emotions out in a way. It's getting a part of you out there where you physically can't be out there. And I was inspired by flags because I, had a, I was doing a project with the Dalai Lama about four years ago, which was about compassion and about how, how kindness is actually good for your mental health. So, uh, and I was, and I went to, I was walked through this beautiful forest of flags, uh, you know, the Tibetan flags that were just fluttering yeah, and, yeah, trees. I and I was so, and I loved how they had become quite frail from being outdoors for quite a long time. And I thought, well, if we can't go outdoors, why don't we put pieces of ourselves outdoors and pieces yeah. of our clothes? And it's, and so I uh, spoke with Chelsea Theatre about it and they were really up for it and connected me with the uh, community. And then we just went and started workshops uh, explaining to people about 
uh, the concept and people were really not up for sewing originally because people will say oh, first of all I don't know how to sew <laughs> secondly sewing is boring and it takes ages because we want things immediate but the whole process was very important to me was the workshops was part of the whole creation and yeah, the importance yeah. of it is bringing people together and when we worked with the um elderly residence home which is the Cremon Chelsea farmhouse which is one block away from the theater um the elderly there um there's a guy called Larry who was elected uh, there you know social <laughs> trying to bring things active again and he's great and he uh, said to me I'm not sure anyone's going to come down because no one's used our club room for two years everyone stays in their own rooms yeah. because there's this kind of fear of coming down so don't worry we'll just get tea and biscuits and people can come to come and take a look because it's the concept of sewing. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Isn't really, it's too, it sounds too hard. So we'll just bring lots of materials and people donated their materials. Their beautiful designs and things from, some things are quite important to people, you know, from yeah. saris from their weddings all the way through to um, something that was from their childhood. And I think that uh, just sitting together uh, and having the narrative of what this is about, it's about sharing happiness stories. So the concept that I created, I've created these emotion flags, which is a series of flags that are based on naval designs. So yeah. I like the fact that ships from afar can communicate at a distance and say how they're friendly, not friendly. And I thought we could just say to each other how we're feeling. We're feeling happy today, angry today, come near me today, don't come near me today. <laughs> so I thought I would do all of these tons of emotions that would come through this installation. But when I got into the first workshop, I thought, you know what, the only emotion people need at the moment is just happy. Yeah, and I'm just going to do circles for happiness. Yeah. And we're just going to do just happiness stories for this particular installation. And so we have in the design one circle and then a story and then a circle and then a story. And uh, the circles kind of punctuate the, the stories, but they also remind ourselves to be happy. And happiness is just a full circle. For me, it's about being content and happy within yourself and with the environment around you. And it's been surprising how people have reacted to the question of what, what, is, what does happiness mean to you? Um, some people are just blocked and so I don't know what makes me happy or and then other people will say it's my dog or my pet or eating a bar of chocolate or a full English breakfast or yeah. holding hands or love or we went we worked with Ash Burnham school and the and the uh, oratory primary school and you know they a lot of their love was with 
with loving family was very important to them. And gaming came through a lot because gaming was about communicating with their friends of virtually course. as well. And it's funny how the generations have a different perspective on, on yeah. happiness, isn't it? Yeah. Running through the one girl, she had a beautiful one of lying down and looking up at the clouds with a giant raindrop in her handbag. This is really beautiful imagery yeah. as well. And it was nice to work with the children because they, they did decoupage. So it was like they we, we went there, yeah. they, they cut out the shapes and the colors and then we would then interpret it into fabrics. And with the elderly, we would go full on with the fabrics and they would choose their fabrics. We'd do a design, draw out a design. One woman, she really wanted to do a swimmer because she misses swimming. And we did a really cool design of a swimmer with her. And, and she would choose the fabric and we'd draw out the design. So we, it, was, it was a collaborative process. But for me as an artist, it was interesting because I worked very closely with Anita O'Brien, who's amazing sewing. She was our sewing lead. With Barbara Ofori Boateng, she was, you know, really strong with the community. And also she runs a sewing workshop every Tuesday. She's been doing this for years with the community. And uh, Christina was my project manager. She's an, also an artist, so she would help people draw. And it was such a collaborative process of bring stories out, but also helping them make and giving them the confidence to make it because they'd be yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to come and watch. I'm like, no, you have a story. What's your story? And help them come. And, the, and then the pride that they have had by seeing it up because there's a there's a soft launch at the moment at the Chelsea Theatre where um, the official launch is next Thursday for Kansas Chelsea Art Week. There's a soft launch. And uh, until the final flight, you know, bits arrive and they've just been so happy to see their stories up on these giant canvases uh, on the piazza and they're very multicolored and varied in color. And so the multicolor is just popping on this piazza, which is normally very much dark red brick. And suddenly it's, it's really changed the mood. It's really interesting how color and art can change the mood and people feel pride and they come around the kids we feel a lot of pride as well in their work and looking up and say, which where's my flag and where's my one? <laughs> it was that. I think that was what meaningful for me was was creating an artwork um, that was a collaborative artwork, but an artwork that has soul in it and meaning. And you can tell when you walk through that there's so much depth to it that you you need to sit down and really look and, and analyze and what did this person mean there. But also for me, it's been letting go because when you know you know about it when you're doing a, a painting or a sculpture you're in full control of the outcome. Whereas here, you have to just let go that it's not gonna look exactly the way. Well, again, it comes to mind, we, we was talking earlier, it's like your children coming in and drawing yeah. a cat on your artwork. As soon as you do something collaborative, it no longer belongs to you, it belongs to us, doesn't it? You know? Exactly. And, yeah. and that togetherness is such a beautiful thing. When you start speaking about happiness, it is infectious. It does sort of spread around, you know, it does. and it does emit from the person. And and likewise, if you put any emotion into an artwork, it emits back to the viewer. I'm, I'm sure of it. True. And how big, firstly, is each flag? I'm sure they vary, but yeah. roughly how big are they? And how big is the quilt itself? Well, it's it's they're all separate pieces at the moment. So there's. There's three and a half by two meters. There's one by one. There's uh, three by one. It, because we adjusted it to the to the structure of the building, so it's, it's we're following the architecture of the theater. But then also we've got these pieces that that are bunting that go all the way from 
the theatre to all around the piazza. So we got permission from the council to put it on the lampposts as well, to make it a very celebratory yeah. installation as well. So the, this, these are just, and they're moving with, with that piazza, but you know, we, we, we might quilt it further down the line into one big quilt where you walk in and it's a massive tent that you walk through and you can see all the stories in it. But for the moment in this chapter of this installation, it is many flags um, that are, there's hundreds of them, that are on the piazza. And it's quite hard to describe because they, some of them are wrapping the building. Some of them are freestanding on the piazza, moving around next to where people will have coffees and teas and eat. And you can see some up close. And there's others that are up, up on the lamppost and on the tree, in the trees. Brilliant. In the press pack that the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week have put out, mm. um, I followed a couple of links, went onto your site um, and saw a, a little video of the people working on the patchwork. I mentioned this to you in an email and it wasn't just words. It was so heartwarming to see all of these people, different generations all sat there just chatting and doing, doing what they're doing. It's, it's a beautiful thing for, for people to come together, be creative and be, you know, honest and personal with each other. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you. It's been really heartwarming. It's been, nice being together and it's, it's strange for me now that we're not fully together like we have been over the last few weeks and months and suddenly I went by yesterday because they have their usual sewing group on Tuesdays just to drop off some biscuits and bits and say hi and say make sure you come on Thursday for our party for our yeah, launch yeah. party they said thanks for re-energizing and we're doing new we're going to new I said you're going to do a new project now yes we're doing this new project we're going to do a big build <laughs> we're going to do other things and I, and I love that, but you do bond on that time. And I think that sitting together for a couple of hours, twice a week, that slow process of that's where conversations come. It's, it reminded me a lot of my grandma. My, grandma, my grandmother used to do a lot of cro crochet and sewing. And, and we used to also have a vegetable garden. We used to, she used to get lots of things. We just sit down and, and pick the vegetables. And it's this idea of sitting around the table and whether you're picking the vegetables off the stems or whether you're, you know, doing some crochet or, or sewing, it's a time to sit together and talk and be in that kind of safe space. So in, in the elderly home, there's one woman, she wouldn't talk much at the beginning. And then, you know, I put some music on and I put some Bob Marley and she said to me, oh, I, I, I seen Bob Marley on concert. I was like, oh, lucky you. That's one of my favorites. And she, she said, yeah, yeah, I saw him and I saw... Rolling Stones, I saw the Beatles. I'm like, oh, wow, you got to a lot of concerts in your youth. She said, yes, you know, I was, she turns out she was one of the first women DJs. She said that she was a punk, used to DJ and go around, she used to get free tickets to all these shows. And she said, you know, but I like being a part, I like doing other things. <laughs> she's still got boyfriend problems now and she's 85. <laughs> and it's a really, I just found it such a, enabling and inspiring being with them and they all have a really yeah we've all gone gotten quite attached to each other whilst doing the ministry of arts podcast i've found when i go to talk to an artist most of them go oh i'm going to be boring you know nothing ever happens to me everyone has got a story yeah it, it comes out in conversation once you start reflecting and pulling on those memory strings all of a sudden yeah your, your story comes out and yeah. people of, of an older age have obviously got more memory strings to pull on. Yeah, they do. But, they, you know, we live in a society that doesn't really value the elderly as much as, like, in previous or other cultures, possibly. I feel like all my art is always channeling something, whether it's other people or whether it's 
some idea that's coming through me. I mean, Brilliant. one of the film, I, I, I was selected for my sculpture work last month um, with John Anderson. He's, 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 he's doing this thing with Arita, which is women artists and they, they give the space of the, their, their flagship shop in Soho um, for artists, five artists they selected. And I was the first artist they selected. Oh, I was really thrilled to be in the middle of Soho in this gallery space with John Anderson's work. And Dora said, would you mind if I put one of my latest films, it's a preview of a film. I filmed people crossing a puddle uh, and an underpass in London. It was raining like hell. And there was there was an underpass under Hyde Park you'd have to do a massive detour to, to avoid this massive puddle that's in the middle of, of this tunnel. And what's interesting about a tunnel is that there's uh, you either go forward or you have to go all the way around. <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, this puddle is a symbol of obstacles in your life. And how do you face your obstacles? Who's going to cross the puddle and who's going to go around? Yeah, yeah. Because you're only going to get wet until your ankle, but your socks <laughs> will get wet <laughs> if you're not wearing boots. And really an interesting observation of social behavior and of psychology first of all physical how do people move their bodies when they're crossing the puddle everyone moved in a very different way and the conversations of oh you're going to because it's very dirty this water it's also part of the thing is it's dirty and you're going to get wet and the, the 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 strong essex women actually who went through like no problem laughing their way <laughs> through it and these other girls who were standing there with the high heels going out and like i'm not going through that i'm going to pass something and they stood there for half an hour and then turned back and didn't Brilliant. cross so i think that everyone has their own story that's going it's the community it's what is the conversation that you're having within your own mind what is the conversation you're having with yourself let alone the conversations that you're having with people around you and I try to make people aware of their own conversations to assess and decide and then move forward or not. Even, you know, even my films that are sometimes social analysis, even some, sometimes social political, that they're, they're never judgmental. They're more letting people, showing a situation and then letting people assess for themselves what they feel and think. Yeah, and when, what, when people start to show their, their vulnerabilities or, or their true self. Yes. When the viewer recognises what they're doing, it brings your own barriers down, doesn't it? It gives you a willingness to open up as well. True. And like you say, it's, it's contagious, it's infectious. It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And how can people see your work, be it website or social media? You can follow me on Instagram. It's Maya Sandbar, M-A-Y-A-S-A-N-B-A-R, or chasingthelightstudio.com is the website. And Footsteps on the Wind is the film um, that I made with Sting, uh, Song. Could you just tell people where they can see the quilt up until when the, the quilt is being shown? So Quilt Patch is uh, at the Chelsea Theatre off King's Road. It's uh, on World's End Place, Seven World's End Place. And it's up from now, official launch, Kensington Chelsea Art Week, uh, 23 June up until the 3rd of September. So for three yeah. months, it's gonna be up and uh, celebrating people's stories and that com beautiful community that we've spent time with. But go and take a moment and sit on the piazza and, and take it all in. Brilliant. Maya, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. All the best, Maya. Bye. See you later. It's not letting me. Oh. We, we're going to be together forever. <laughs> you leave. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Leave. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
Hello, I'm Visalia Chilton, the Director of Kensington Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. The artist you've just been listening to is part of the Kensington Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. The Art Trail starts on the 18th of June and ends on the 31st of August. You can find all the details on our website, kcaw.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at ministryofartsorg. Ta-da! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.